Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And we have Cheryl with us here today. Uh, it was a request of Phil and actually some listeners that were trying to like drop titles and stuff like that. Mm. But I loved our running joke of you being <laughs> you being able to create whatever title you want to. Whatever, so yeah. we're gonna say Phil, sorry, but yeah. we are giving you the option, mm-hmm. Cheryl, mm-hmm. to title yourself for this podcast. I feel like and you, I feel like I want some kind of Avengers title. You Ooh. Know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't know. You guys might even know that world better than I do, but you know, uh, something that kind of superpowerish, okay. superheroish. Mm-hmm. I want to be super. I don't know. Super stud studette. Yeah. Okay. Super okay. studette. All right. Okay. I don't okay. know what that really means or super what, What's making you go with the Avengers route? Like, what are you What are you feeling that's drawing mm. you to that? Well, just the fact that, you know, I've, I've gone with princess, queen, mm. you know, yeah. queen. Sure. I feel like that's that's a whole nother level. I don't feel like yeah. I'm ready for queen just yet. And, um, you know, and I've seen Beyonce in concert and it traumatized me. So, um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. It was Dodger State. Why was I at this concert? Upper Deck, uh, Dodger Stadium, and Beyonce. I don't. I hate stadium concerts. Again, oh, I don't know yeah. what I was doing there. But anyway, I was there. Okay. I was there, and with people <laughs> I love. And the Upper Deck of Dodger Stadium is rocking, right? Yeah. And we are all pretty convinced that it is going to collapse oh yeah at oh, any that's kind of scary moment okay. so okay that's okay. all i have to say about that but yeah, that was so also queen. the most i've do. ever seen jess listen in to a conversation <laughs> on this whole podcast but, <laughs> well, wait beyonce? you're saying bad things about a beyonce I know, concert I was like you no. better be careful the people might come after you <laughs> no it was it was stunning yeah the, I'm sure the production level of that concert she, you know, had about 127 backup dancers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Beyonce, it all drops into like a pool. Whoa. And they're at maybe knee length dancing in the pool. Doing baptisms or? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Honestly, okay. take me to church. Yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. It was, it, I was, I was in. I was in awe the yeah. entire the entire yeah. time. Um, we could also talk about. I won tickets to a share concert. Oh, I've Whoa. seen her. Have you? Okay, yeah. so my friend Gail, my best friend Oprah has her best friend Gail. I have my best friend Gail. Yeah, uh, f- flew out from Texas for the share concert. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she is. If you've she, yeah. this was in. Uh, the forum maybe or okay. I, I, like in LA where I'd grown up going to concerts. Anyway, one of those, you know, maybe it was Staples Center, but she's flying around the, you know, the arena yeah. on a coach 
flying coach. I don't know what you call it because it was kind of like, anyway, like what Cinderella would be in. Yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. Cher, but she's like carriage yeah. kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, we could go down a wormhole concert. We need to get concerts. one of those for Easter. Yes. <laughs> uh, With Cher in it. With uh, sharing oh. the news of the resurrection. Oh. We're going down a bad nice. Okay, oh, let's man. pivot here. Okay, let's pivot okay. back to. Uh, we'll pivot to current events that are happening at Menlo, okay. which is we're joining with all of our other campuses this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And we did a Run for Hope thing. Woo, we and did. we just ended that. And it was awesome. And I want to give a shout out to the online team because we were the second biggest team. <gasps> you go online and yeah. get out of here. And Mark represented. I thought he was going to say, I'm going to give a shout out to myself because oh, no. he should. No, we have no. to do that. Yeah, yeah. we'll give yeah. the shout out I, for you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in size wise, we were the biggest team. And then miles wise, we were the second biggest team. And we ran almost 250 miles as a team. Which, Somebody beat that? Yes. There's a like a running club, I think, from oh. Mountain View. Oh. Actual, Mountain View. Uh, not that I'm competitive and no. like l- tried to <laughs> Google people up. on that club. I mean, I definitely <laughs> did not try to do that. Um, but we raised our team online, just online's team, raised $3,708.60, Come on. which Woo. was more than 5% of the goal of our church total. Mm. That's incredible. So, way to go. Way to go Great go job, everyone. And someone. if you weren't on the online team and you still yeah. did it, way mm-hmm. to go. I Thanks know. for doing that. And yeah. I liked seeing, because I could see all the signups because I was the, I don't know, team captain or whatever they yeah. called it. But we had a truly global team. We had people from Japan and Canada, oh um, oh. lots of SoCal people, Hawaii people. Oh, it was great. You should have done your 50 miles in Hawaii. I should have done yeah, that. Yeah, you should Yeah, if you haven't heard yet, Mark did one mile for every person who signed up for the team. The yep. number got to 60, but Mark had yeah. to cap it at 50, which is still unbelievable. So he's sitting here. I'm pushing him around in a wheelchair today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I offered to if he wanted it. We have oh rolling desk chairs. But huge shout out. Way to go, Mark. Yeah. That's incredible. That is incredible. You're, I know you're such a humble person, but you deserve. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. great. That's great. It yeah. was really fun. I yeah. wish I could say it was more of like a a spiritual experience than it was just me <laughs> trying to figure out if I could do something or not. Yeah. But I did learn. I feel like I learned a lot of the way. And a lot of the miles I was, you know, thinking about, you know, praying through the neighborhoods mm-hmm. that I was running through because yeah, I had to run cool. through a lot of neighborhoods. Yeah. And and did you run all 50 or did you? I did you... not run all okay. 50. Oh, I ran. Wow. I ran. I legitimately ran, walked, mostly ran a marathon on mm. Friday. Mm. I think I got to 27 or 28 miles that day. Jeez. And how I did it was I I ran a little bit over two miles at the start of every hour from oh. 6, 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. or okay. 7 p.m. Okay. So I, I could not run a marathon straight. No. Um, so I was like, okay, if I can just kind of chunk it off and eat a whole bunch in the middle. Yeah. I, I wanted to get a lot of stuff done. My overachieving self was like made this big list of things that could be done in like half an hour. So it's like, great, I'll go run a little bit and then I'll do stuff around the house or I'll do, oh I did gosh. none of it. I just <laughs> sat down and ate <laughs> and like drank food. Yeah. Um, so I did that on Friday and then yeah. Saturday I got to about 40 ish miles. Okay. Um, that was mostly run walking more on the mm-hmm. walking side. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I was not sure Saturday night if I was going to be able to actually run or, or stuff on Sunday. Uh-huh. But first, he came to church and stood on the patio <laughs> doing a live thing. I did. Yeah. And that like. And I was walking machine. around like in between like stuff, like trying to like just get, get as it. many little walking miles <laughs> as I could. Um, but then, yeah, I actually felt OK, good enough to hike. So I tr- I went up 
to Windy Hill oh, yeah. Preserve. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna end hike. the hike, or like I'm gonna end the 50 miles on the top of this mountain, and be able to see the ocean and the bay, and yeah. I'll be able to pray up there, and it'll be great. I got halfway up, I was like, nope, that's not happening. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a butt kicker. Of I can't a hike. believe I've it. done that hike a number of times. Yeah. Queso's gotten some ticks on that hike Ooh. too. Just you didn't to just do flat road; you had to finish going <laughs> uphill. In my, my goodness. In my weird brain, I was like, well, if my muscles are used to going flat, then if there's any incline or decline, at least I'll be working them a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. I can use trekking poles, which might make it easier. Oh, yeah. So the poles definitely helped. The yeah. incline did not at all. No. Um, yeah. And then uh, I was at like 47 or 48 miles mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Missy was needed a study break from her master's program. And so she was like, let's go downtown and get a boba. So I walked a little bit as she was wrapping up. She picked me up in the car. And she got a boba downtown Redwood City, and then I ran home. Oh, and wow. that was fifty miles. Wow, that was incredible. Yeah, it was yeah. Really fun. Way to go, Mark. Way to go, everybody who participated. Yeah, yes. way to go, everyone. Big, yeah. I will say, Big if time. you feel very intimidated, like you didn't do enough, I did about three miles with my dog just on the beach. So don't Great. feel like you had to do that did much. Did you sign up your dog as well? Oh, I should. I should have done queso too. We did oh, the yeah. and that's four. We did the mile pause, with. So it feels uh, with Nancy's the gang team. from yeah, yeah the gang the from Menlo, Menlo Park. Park which was oh, fun. that was really fun and, yeah that was really fun mm-hmm. and then we did you know Queso and I usually do a couple miles anyway or two or three in the neighborhood so I I I just I think I put down three miles sorry if that I didn't completely accurately track it but that's what I, I know I tried looking at my done. yeah my app and it was only giving me steps and I was like why isn't it showing me distance yeah, yeah. that's all right but yeah. it worked I, it was about three yeah but it's great I'm proud of our team yeah proud of the church it was just an amazing Fun. event it's just whenever we can do things that help serve our local community mm-hmm. here come together like i got to see so many different people from different campuses so fun it was a, a really great thing and again if you if you didn't attend menlo um but you still are somehow listening to this mm-hmm. thank you for joining us yes yeah it was great yeah, yeah we had a, gu- a good amount of people yeah. who don't even come mm-hmm. to menlo that participated mm-hmm. which is awesome yeah yeah really so. cool I love that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is we're on a journey together. Mm-hmm. We're, we're journeying towards Easter mm-hmm. now. We are in our Last Words series. And mm-hmm. Cheryl, we are in the midst of this story of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And so you were, uh, I don't want to say tasked with, but the passage <laughs> that you were able, which is kind of a tough passage, is, is talking yeah. about thirst. And so can you walk us through your message for those that might have missed it? Yeah. So the words were... Uh, where Jesus says, I thirst or I'm thirsty. Um, And it was really just one verse that I was working off. There's context around it and and behind uh, other words that come right before it, which we had talked about, which I had talked about actually two weeks prior was right before that is the uh, mother, you know, son, this is your mother Mm -hmm. kind of passage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then right in that is the, what, Phil will talk about this next week that it is finished. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little bit of a challenge of not wanting to say too much of what Phil needs to say uh, in the, it is finished. Cause that's obviously the, that's, that's it. That's a big, big stuff. Um, and then thirst, what does that mean? And how does, how is it that, God on the cross, fully God, fully man, which is really important to what happens on the cross. And um, how is it that he's thirsting? Is that Jesus just fully in his humanity? 
uh, which I do think Jesus experienced the cross completely in his humanity. Mm -hmm. Philippians 2 tells us that he did not consider his equality or his godness as something to Mm. cling to, something to, you know, because it was necessary for Jesus to actually live a perfect life in humanity to reverse what had happened through Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. I'm going on a tangent, so (laughs) back to my message. Bottom line is, yeah, I um, needed. I felt like I needed to talk though about kind of this Jesus fully in control because this is what John lets us know in that verse. He says, "In order to fulfill the Scripture, Jesus says, I thirst.' Mm. So there's something more to it than just he's thirsting, which of course he would be physically thirsting on the cross, but there's something." that John wants us to know. And so, uh, you know, most people would say that he is quoting from Psalm 22 and probably Psalm 69. Um, although as a woman in my life group pointed out to me, which I just love it when people are like, I don't agree with you on that, or I don't Mm -hmm. like this or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go to Psalm 22, the words I thirst don't show up. Mm -hmm. It's more a, it's a, it's a description of, thirsting it's my tongue is stuck to the top of my mouth and there's this sense of Mm. um like suffering and and that kind of thing so like even that psalm 22 is where those words that we've talked about in this series my god my god where have you for why have you forsaken me that's in that psalm so uh anyway uh but certainly John wants us to know this is in fulfillment of the scripture. This is not plan B. This wasn't, oh man, bummer. Jesus ended up getting crucified. And so how's God going to use it or make good of it? No, God had, this is God's plan all the way through. Uh, And then we talked a little bit about that picture of Jesus in the gospel of John as well, where he talks to the woman at the well and he Mm. says, if you drink the water I have, you'll never thirst. So how is he thirsting? Mm. And um, and then just the beauty of Jesus and how he's his upside down kingdom and how he takes uh, the low road when we want to take the high road mm. while, while he goes to death so we can live, that kind of stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is this the shortest prompt you've ever had to write a sermon off of. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. That like is literally two words. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's the, a little the bit verse more is 16 words. Yeah. I did count them because okay. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I really need to just contain this in this verse. Yeah. That is a great question. And I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I've preached a lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of sermons and a lot of teaching over my years. So I don't know, but hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's close to being at least for sure. Yeah. I mean, one verse. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit more about uh, how when you were describing Jesus's death, uh, you went into a story about being in conversation with people and the privilege it is to be able to walk through through really what that means in our understanding of why Jesus had to die. Why was that indeed God, deeds God mm-hmm. plan? Why did it have to be that way? There are other ways that he could have forgiven. There's right. other ways that we could be redeemed 
potentially. Yep. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I, I would have loved to talk more about it in the sermon. So thank you for asking that question because mm-hmm. one direction of the sermon, there were two, the couple directions I was going prior to where I ended up landing. But one was spending more time talking about the fully God, fully man piece of Jesus that Interesting. that he that's so significant to what is being accomplished on the cross. If Jesus isn't doesn't live a perfect life in his humanity, then the cross doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If Jesus and the only way at Jesus being God He's offering himself into that. Um, And then the other side was to talk about, you know, more of that accomplishment, which I felt like I was starting to push too far into the it is finished. But I think the tendency for us when we think of the cross is we do tend, we have domesticated Christianity, right? We have gotten rid of the words that we don't like. Hmm. We don't like sin. Hmm. It's really hard to understand why the what Jesus did is good news if we don't have any understanding of sin. We yep. don't like we've we don't like the word wrath. I mean, and I don't like any of these words. You know, who, who that, that none of this is fun. Yeah. Right. But again, if you get rid of all these biblical terms that are in the Bible and concepts and theological truths, then what is it being accomplished on the cross be, gets domesticated. And mm. so it becomes, well, Jesus is demonstrating his love for us, which he is, Romans 5, 8. For God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now the context of Romans 8 gives us a picture of why that is such a demonstration of love, because Sin entered the world through the first man and humanity, man and woman, mm-hmm. uh, but Adam is how Paul says it in, in Romans. But God's grace and forgiveness and taking on what we deserve for sin came through Jesus. And, and so, uh, yes, the cross is absolutely a beautiful picture of God's love for us, his pursuit of us, his coming after us, the meeting of justice and love in one event in history. That's what you have happening here. Um, but, but again, you could, so you can see the cross as well. It's just love. And it's, it's like my friends, I have a friend I'm walking through this with right now. We've been having this conversation for a long time now. Um, and she's like, yeah, what's the deal with the blood? And if you want to express love, there's a lot of ways to do that. The mm-hmm. other other side is forgiveness, right? Um, it because Jesus died, I'm forgiven. Again, absolutely a truth. But our understanding of forgiveness is, I hurt your feelings. I say I'm sorry. You say you forgive me. Mm-hmm. So I think what gets missed in the cross. And I remember when a hundred years ago, the passion of the Christ, um, that, you know, when that movie came out, I remember reading an interview with the filmmakers talking about how do they, how would they represent in this, uh, in the movie, what is really the, the significant thing that's happening to Jesus is he is absorbing our consequence for sin. 
he is absorbing the wrath of God. That's why he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's in some kind of cosmic mystery, there is this separation, and I don't fully understand all of it in the Trinity, but there is this this accomplishment of Romans, uh, I think it's Romans 3 or 6, right, uh, for the wages of sin is death. And death in the scripture has a physical reality of it that we will die. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to Genesis, when, remember, God says, if you eat of this tree, if you eat the fruit of this tree, you'll, you'll die. Well, they don't die, mm-hmm. but they do start to die, right? Mm-hmm. So, but what happens here is there's a spiritual death. They are separated from this physical presence of God in the garden, and they're cast out of Eden. Uh, and then in Genesis 5, I think it is, you do see a, you know, a genealogy, if you will, that starts saying, and they died, and they died, and they died. So... There wasn't immediate death, but there was immediate spiritual death. The consequence of sin had, they were bearing that. And what, how sin, you know, in the garden, what's so fascinating about that is it's not like they were having affairs. Uh, it wasn't like they were, ha- you know, drug addicted. It wasn't like all the things we think about, you know, sin. They weren't gossiping. They weren't cheating. They weren't lying. They we're not trusting God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's at the very core and root. Yep. They didn't believe. And so then the consequence of that is chaos in their relationships, uh, chaos in their work and their labor, chaos, 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 mm-hmm. and more profoundly a separation from God himself and being, um, you know, sent out of out of Eden, out of paradise, out of that kingdom that God first established. Now he's reestablishing his kingdom, which is also pictured as um, a garden and then a city. Um, But so anyway, back to the passion of the Christ, they were talking about like, yeah, how do we, how do we picture this? And I don't, I don't know that, I think they tried, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's also what we see in the gospel accounts of Jesus's death. There is darkness there is despair because in that moment um, I heard another preacher picture it this way, like imagine the tsunami, right? Like massive destructive waves coming at us. And Jesus takes that on. It's what Jesus is saying in the garden when he says, can I let this cup pass? Because the cup in the scripture is mostly, it's not always, but mostly it refers to the wrath of God. So when the disciples say, hey, I want to be the greatest in your kingdom, and Jesus says, can you drink the cup? And they're like, oh, yeah, we can drink the cup. You know, we can drink the death. We can drink the thing. Um, And uh, (laughs) he's like, "Mm, uh, he's going to drink that cup. And and so that, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. the... I think what's happening on the cross is so much, it's forgiveness that's deeper than a forgiveness than we can even get our head around. It's a love that's deeper than we could ever get our head around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's because we, it's this absorption of what we deserved. Right. 
And so if we understand it in that lens mm -hmm. of it is a plan that came, it had to be that way. Mm -hmm. How does that now change the identity that we have in each other? Mm -hmm. How does that understand mm -hmm. uh, or how, how does that reflect the righteousness of God within us now? Yep. So if we understand it that way, yep. there can be a lot of different ways to take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd love to hear how you would take it. But I, yeah, I think, um, and I quoted, you know, uh, and Tim Keller is probably the one who's brought this to us in our contemporary thinking around this topic of righteousness being, um, it's our, it's our seeking for being validated because in the scripture mm. you're made right that's what jesus is accomplishing he's accomplishing your righteousness he's making you right he's validating but tim keller is actually stealing from you know we're all stealing i'm stealing from him he's stealing from pascal uh you know who and who talked a lot about this he's he's stealing from other thinkers mm -hmm. who this idea that um, what that chaos that was created by sin that caused disruption, if you go back to, to Genesis 3 through, well, 3 through 11, really the chaos that's happening to humanity. But the, when you look at uh, the consequence that was given in chapter 3 of Genesis to the man and the woman, um, you know, suddenly, like they, remember in Genesis says they were naked without shame. And now they have shame. They're covering themselves. Um, as soon as this sin happens, and and God, I think, kind of tongue in cheeky, like, "Where are you?" You know, uh, they're hiding. And guilt is, I feel bad. I did something. Guilt is a good thing. We need guilt. I need to feel guilty if I hurt you. I need to feel guilty if I do something that's opposed to the goodness of God, right, and mm -hmm. His way for me. Shame, simplistically said, you know, guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And that's what you see with the consequence of sin. And so now the validation that they had from God in the garden, walking with them, talking with them, telling them that they had purpose and meaning. They were going to be, uh, they were intended, they were created to be bearers of God's image. They're they're going to be what theologians would say vice regents with God. Like they're going to help their co-creators, their uh, co-sovereigns. They're going to reign with God in his new cre in this creation that he's placed them in. And so they have all this purpose and value and validation that is given to them from God, which is where our purpose value and validation is supposed to come from mm -hmm. mm. and then shame that's what sin does so now i i i need to be validated by you i need to be validated by my you know my paycheck i need to be validated by my um opportunities or my success or my family or my relationships now as and again, as Tim Keller has helped us see, um, you know, those are not bad things. And so the, the the church can swing and go, well, then I shouldn't care about my paycheck, or I shouldn't care what you think about me, or I shouldn't. Well, that's a that's a wrong extreme too, right? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> who wants to be around somebody who doesn't care how you feel about them? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's darkness. But what, what Keller says and others um, is that it's not what sin does. Like we easily think of the like gossip, jealousy, cheating, lying, stealing, whatever. Uh, but really there's, there's at the core of sin is it's, it's making um, good things, ultimate things, right? Hmm. It's, it's saying um, a, a very good thing. My job is good and it's good. I was created Genesis chapter, you know, one, two, three, I'm created to work. I'm made to, and men and women were both together given that co-reigning in the garden and, and all that. I'm made to work. I'm made to have that. And so that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But when I'm looking at that work to be my validation, as opposed to the one who gave me the work, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's kind of like, I I think I've used this illustration before, but what my, my uh, lead pastor in LA, one of just amazing guy. I, I remember asking him, you know, how do we in the church, the church is so, you know, we want to get bigger, bigger, bigger. Is it wrong to be? And then there's debates, we, mm-hmm. you know, is the mega church mm-hmm. a bad thing? Should we even want to be bigger? Um, and I work for a church, so we have metrics around how many, you know, how many groups do you have? How many volunteers do you have? All these things. And I was asking my uh, boss about this and I just said, you know, how do, how do we dance this out because it's not wrong to have goals. It's not wrong to have metrics. It's not wrong to, but I'm, how do we keep our soul intact? Right. And I'll never forget. Mark said, he goes, Cheryl, I think, yeah, you got to have metrics. You got to have goals. You got to have the things. This is our jobs. You know, people were stewards of the tithes and the offerings of our people. And, um, he said, but it's what you stare at. Hmm. Are you staring at your goals? Hmm. are you staring at Jesus? And he said, I think what a lot of church people do now is we stare at the size of our church. We stare at the, at our growth. We stare at our metrics and we glance at Jesus. Hmm. And he said, what we want to be able to do is stare at Jesus and glance at our goals. We have to look at them. That's Mm -hmm. important. It does matter. Growth matters. It's not a bad thing. It's not evil. And so we tend to be so binary, like it's either or. Like the mega church is evil or the small churches are evil because they're obviously not growing. And these are, you know, we can go either side of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But no, the journey with Jesus and even how we lead in the church or if you lead at Google or you lead it anywhere, right? Whoever you lead, wherever you lead, whatever you do, if you're a student, if you're a a parent, if you're all these things we want to do, like was first pictured in the Garden of Eden, walking and talking with God, Mm -hmm. hearing God say, Mm -hmm. hey, you're going to be my image bearer. Hey, you're going to tend this place. Hey, you're going to oversee creation. They're getting this from God. That's why when Jesus says in the New Testament, and I think it's the summation of what discipleship is, when Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do, Mm. he's showing us how to be human. Mm. He's showing us how to live out of what we were made for. He's looking to the Father for his validation. 
and his purpose and his value. I want to write that on a sticky note. What are you staring at? And put it on my computer. I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's something I totally struggle with. It's just the, you know, like, I'm very grateful. I have a boss who, you know, is very encouraging and validating and appreciative of my, my work. And I, Mark is the same. A lot of people are, you know, like the one-on-one, like, thank you so much for doing this. You're doing great, whatever. But it's the public affirmation that I feel like I I'm always craving and I I can feel it and I'm very Mm -hmm. aware of it and I say to myself like that doesn't matter what matters is the work that you're doing for God Mm -hmm. and yet I still just keep like coming back to that and so I just love the way that they put that Mm -hmm. of it's okay to look at that stuff Mm -hmm. but what are you really staring at what are you focusing on more than what you should be. That's yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, thank you for being vulnerable. I, I think I feel all those same things. Yeah. And I think, um, I think again, what our tendency is, is that I've got to get to a place where I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get there. Right. And, and I will, end up, it's a Tim Keller day. <laughs> Tim Keller has a sermon on Esther that's called the praise of the praiseworthy one. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. I'm not quite sure if that's the title, but anyway, that's what he talks about is that he talks about our, our desire to like, again, think, okay, if I can just get to a place where I don't, I don't need public approval. Mm-hmm. I don't need my boss to say, thank you. I don't need my friend to say they appreciate me. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to be, that's it. Mm. But here, see what we do? There's no need for God in that. Mm. I don't need Jesus for that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to seeing my need is an opportunity to stare at Jesus yeah. a little longer. That's good. My my need is is an opportunity for, for me to sit longer with him and go, you know, and this, I can't tell you, Jessica, how many times I have said this to Jesus. Like, Jesus, I so wanted to be recognized for that mm. and i wasn't but you see me mm. how can that become enough for me because i'm not sure it is yet yeah. <laughs> but i'm on a journey of it mm. right i want and i think i've tasted that in moments right yeah. where um and then i think what often god does is then he surprises me with things mm. that are a reminder not that i suddenly get the public recognition that i thought i wanted or what i get something right. else yeah. right and i get something deeper and i get mm-hmm. something that matters and um yeah so mm-hmm. and it all kind of circles mm-hmm. back to how you boiled this down to this thought of destructive self-sufficiency mm. And if you run that past, you know, that last 10 minutes through that lens of am I, am I doing this because of self-preservation or control or because I want to be in charge mm-hmm. or am I doing this because I'm looking at Jesus, mm-hmm. then those are two very different outlooks for the same set of problems, but they're pointing in completely different directions. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and I, do, I think, again, that it's easy for people to go, oh, here's, this is sin. This is the effects of sin. That's over here. And it's all in this dark, destructive side. And it, you know, those, those things are sinful, whatever. But, uh, it's harder, uh, to, to say, oh no, 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 your, your self-sufficiency mm-hmm. is destroying your soul. Mm-hmm. And God never intended us to live apart from him. 
Uh, and he didn't intend for us to live apart from our community that helps us do that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, we can also then make an idol of our community. Um, and it, you know, we have an enemy <laughs> and our enemy wants one thing for us to live apart from God, even if we're pastors, <laughs> mm -hmm. even if we're fully engaged in the church, you can be a pastor and not rely on God. I have evidence of it, maybe personally. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you can be a key volunteer in a church and not lean into your the, the, the dependence on God. You can lead a discipleship group and go through your curriculum and check off your boxes and, and not sat down and said, Lord, here's what I'm doing today with my, this curriculum. This is the plan. I'm, I have a plan. It's all good. But where do you want to show up in this? Will you show up? I'm asking you, God, would you help me? Um, you know, we can run a church mm -hmm. and not pray. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, I think Andrew Murray uh, old dead guy wrote a book on the, um, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, uh, wrote, uh, I mean, he's written like hundreds of books, but one of the little books was on, um, the mission, the, the problem of missions. And this was written in like the, you know, forties or something. And, and his whole, the whole little tiny book is about prayerlessness. Mm. This is the problem of missions mm. is it's yes. Have strategies. Yes. Think well, yes. Have a, a philosophy of missions and all those things, mm -hmm. but pray. Yeah. yeah. As you were talking about uh, Adam and Eve and that story, mm -hmm. I was imagining putting my perspective into Adam or Eve mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I got this God. What do you want me to do today? And God's like, I want you to take care of all of creation <laughs> and how defeating that would feel if I did not rely on God in that process. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, I think that's the pro that's what's hard for us. And I'm guilty of all the time is, um, you know, I have an education, I have a seminary degree. Right. I have a, mm -hmm. you know, it's just so tempting to go, Oh no, I know. I got this. I got mm -hmm. this. I have, mm -hmm. I have years of experience. Yeah. I've done right. groups before I've done this before I've led this before. And, and so I, yeah, it's so tempting and, um, I can be so guilty of that. And yeah. And lucky for us, you, you were close at the reminder of that by us entering into a relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. us staring at Jesus, mm -hmm. that an infinite God can become intimate mm -hmm. and how God longs for that. And that's mm -hmm. the whole point of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's the invitation that we're invited into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Which in, uh, Phil spoke about this a couple weeks ago, the, the tearing of the curtain. And mm -hmm. I think it's in the gospel of Mark shares that detail. Um, and it's shared because it is a physical picture of this removing the separation mm -hmm. and the veil that has kept, you know, us from that intimacy. Right. Yeah. That's good. Well, I have one last question. Jess, do you have anything before we close? No. Okay. <laughs> it's going great. Cheryl, you have put so much time and thought into this series, into your messages. Mm -hmm. And since this is the last time that you're able to talk about this, I'm just wondering in your life, maybe personally, mm -hmm. or in some of the reflections that you had when you were writing some of this, mm -hmm. what has God been speaking to you mm -hmm. in this season? 
and and what do you think God wants you know wants you to share now that might be able to encourage some people that are listening? Uh, I don't you know it's when you said what's he speaking to you and it's so funny because just yesterday morning I was doing the devotional mm-hmm. and um, that you wrote yeah that well <laughs> me and some others yeah the, I mean the God because it's really the Bible right. it's just the Bible with questions it's I mean we're all pulling um, it from somewhere yeah but uh, and thinking about this message and. Um, I was just doing that exercise of, you know, pausing, asking, listening, pal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to speak to me from this? And, and it's so funny because I felt like what he said to me is, um, stop boasting. Hmm. And then I went into two meetings yesterday and I, I really felt like he really spoke to me specifically in the morning, you know, it was in the morning. When I was meeting with him and, uh, and then I did, I, I boasted mm. and he loves me. He's good. It's all good. My validations from Jesus, you know, and not my failures. But, uh, so when you ask that question, it's like, boom, cause I, I've really been sitting with that. Like, wow. Sat with you in the morning. Jesus felt very clear, like mm. st- stop boasting. And, and I felt like he gave me some very specific ways that I do that. Mm. They're subtle. They're my own little ways. Um, and I'm not going to share everything with you people. Uh, but, uh, but no, he was very, yeah, it was just very, it was, and it was tender. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't condemning. That's not the voice of God. Mm-hmm. It was tender. It was honest. It was, uh, you know, how God speaks to me. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I went into it and, and I thought, uh, so the beautiful thing of it is I think I've then last night, had to just sit with God's grace, right? The very yeah. thing I'm preaching about. Wow. Like, wow. Okay. You had said this. I kind of, I, I kind of didn't do it. I <laughs> went down the wormhole. And, uh, you, and then what does it mean for me to sit and receive his grace mm. and his love for me? And for me to hear him say, um, I see you. You're forgiven. I'm for you. This doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how do I then live that out? He's the God of second chances. Mm-hmm. He's the God of third chances. He's the God of 598,000th <laughs> chance. And do I really live that? Do I really believe what I've been invited to preach? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Kind of. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a, a beautiful picture too of instead of shame spiraling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you were able to come back to that spot with god and just be like man i messed up and he's like "Eh, eh, you're human i love you yeah yeah she's powerful Mm -hmm. yeah it really is yeah and i'd like to close with an encouragement too we had someone uh i I believe it was a a chat message on menlo.online.church if you're listening to this and you (laughs) Want to watch with us live on Sunday mornings? You absolutely can. We go live at menlo.online.church at 1030 and on YouTube at 1030. We have an awesome community there that's been praying for each other and encouraging each other. And mm-hmm. one of those encouragements was someone saying that, that I believe is a girl. Well, I don't know. This person <laughs> said that they got time with you in mm-hmm. person and they met you after maybe it was last weekend mm-hmm. or somewhere on the Menlo Park campus. And they said that you're just as warm and loving and as encouraging in person as you are when you are speaking. Mm. And your tenderness really comes through in all those interactions. Mm, And that's something that I really admire about you too, Mm. Cheryl, is that. And 
I'm grateful that uh, we as a church can learn from that and that you can lead the way in so many things, mm -hmm. whether that's teaching or writing a curriculum or helping us lead our life groups mm -hmm. um, and that that thoughtfulness goes into every piece. So oh. thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you, guys. That's encouraging. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Well, have a great week, everyone. If you need any encouragement or prayer this week, you can text our team. Numbers down below. And hopefully we will see you all at either our Good Friday services coming up. Yes soon or Easter as well. So start making some plans. If you'd like to serve with us, we have opportunities to serve in person and online. You can reach out to the campuses. Look, check out menlo.church for all of that information. Menlo.church slash Easter. And Simple let me just that. add, if you've never been to a Good Friday service, mm -hmm. it is, it is, I, I love Good Friday services. Mm -hmm. uh, they so prepare me for Easter Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just highly encourage. Yeah. And if, our, if you can't get to us, get to one near you. Yeah, you know? yeah. our Menlo Park and our Mountain View campuses are having them yeah. Good Friday, April 7th, mm -hmm. 7 p.m., which and the Menlo Park one will also be streamed online. So if you're mm -hmm. not local and you want to watch that, you still can. It's great. I Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. helping produce that service in Menlo Park and got to go through the plan, and it's, it's going to be beautiful. Those are always... As a seven, they're mm. difficult services mm -hmm. for me, but they're so powerful just to prepare you for the weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We'll see you there, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.